Good morning. Welcome to Faith in the Morning. Something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. Thank you for joining me today. Faith in the Morning says to help you start today with faith and encouragement, and that's exactly what's going to happen today. Normally, we do about five-minute devotionals. Sometimes we take you to seven minutes to help encourage you and focus and start your faith. We've been sharing uh, rest checkups recently. We've been sharing highlights from a new book, No Longer Mere Mortals, which is available wherever books are sold. But today, I want to do a longer Faith in the Morning and share with you a message I preached a few weeks ago at Faith Experience Church in Detroit, Michigan. It's pastor by Pastor Andre Butler, and I believe this message will encourage you that you'll don't miss the double that God has put on your path that God has more for you so I want to share with you that message from that experience a few weeks ago open your heart God has something to share with you today be encouraged and remember something good that's gonna to happen to you today so expect miracles I lead people in a faith confession. You guys mind standing with me because I'm at home, right? I can act like I'm at home, right? All right, say it with me. Say, I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural. Believe will enable me to make Jesus famous. And my everyday life. You may be seated. Called No Longer Miramar. Since I've been a kid, I remember I self published my first book my freshman year in college. And as an adult, I published books since then. But this is the first book. I actually published with a publishing company, Harrison House. And so we released this book, and this book is available in Target and Walmart and Barnes and Noble and Mardell's and different places across the nation, of course, on Amazon. But it's at a certain price at all those locations. But I wanted to make it available to you guys at a lower price. You guys okay with that? Anybody like a good deal? So we brought a number of books tonight, and it's half off for all of you. Now, you're like, well, I'm at home. I want to have off too. Well, if you go into the Faith Plus app, there is a link, and you'll be able to download it at half off as well. And so I encourage you to get it. One of the things about this book, it helps us adjust our mindset that we're no longer mere mortals. Because what the world needs today is for the body of Christ to be who they're born again to be. That's what the world needs to see. And the thing is, one of the reasons we don't walk in what God has for us is because of how we think. We think, here's what we do, we glorify our struggle. We glorify our struggle and we see ourselves as the underdog. Because everybody loves a good underdog story, right? March Madness is about to start. You know, if there's a team that comes from a small university, and that was my university last year, we made it further than we even thought we were going to make it. And they call them the underdogs. It's the Cinderella story, right? But 
if we see ourselves as the underdogs, we will delay our victory. Let me give you an example from the Bible, because people use this even in secular literature. David and Goliath. We think David was the underdog, right? No. As soon as David stepped on that field, he was the anointed future king. He was not the underdog. Yeah, he was way shorter than Goliath, but he was not the underdog. He had a covenant with God. He was the anointed with God. So Goliath had to fall because of who stepped on the field. Too many of you see yourself as underdogs, but when you begin to see yourself as you were born again to be, and when you step in the fields of life that you're called to operate in, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what field or career you're in, when you step up, you realize you're not the underdog. You're no longer a mere mortal because you have been born again. It's time for a mind shift change in the body of Christ. And that's one of the things we try to do in this book. So we brought a number of copies for you. You can also get it online. Well, if you go with me, I have a specific message the Lord wanted me to share tonight. Let's go to Genesis chapter 16. I'll be reading mostly from the New Living Translation. Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. It says, Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, You are the God who sees me. She also said, Have I truly seen the one who sees me? So notice, what does Hagar call God? The God who sees me. Then she named her son Ishmael, God hears. She called God the God who sees me and named her son God hears. I want you to know tonight that God sees you. Because a lot of times we think we're overlooked. Yeah, God sees that spiritual person or that big issue. No, God sees you right here in this room, online. Those listening to replay, God sees you. Say, God sees me. See, he knows everything you've been through. He knows the stuff you go through internally that you put on a good mask that no one knows what's going on, on the inside. That because you know how to smile and say the right church phrases and you know how to keep everybody out, but on the inside you're breaking, he sees you. Those places you've been carrying since you were a child, those broken places you've been just, you know, put on a tough place. No, no, he sees you. He sees you, and he hears you. Amen. He's seen everything you've gone through. You might think, well, the last couple years was really rough. He's seen you. And I have a message for you tonight because he sees you, and he's heard you. Go with me to Exodus chapter 3. Say, God sees me. God hears me. Let's say it again. Let's put it in the chat if you're watching online. Say, God sees me. God hears me. One more time, say, God sees me, God hears me. Exodus chapter 3, I'm going to start at verse 7. It says, then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So notice what God said. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. 
It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. Now, what did God tell Moses? He said, I have heard and I have seen, didn't he? He said, I heard, I saw. And what was the response to what God heard and what God saw? He raised up Moses and gave him a message and assignment. God heard the prayers of his people. He saw what they were going through. So he raised up Moses and gave him a message and gave him an assignment. God has seen everything you've been through. He has heard your prayers, and he sent you a message. That message was preached to you by Pastor Andre all throughout January. That message was, and still is, this is your year for double. It's a response to what you prayed. It's a response to what God saw. And so my message for you tonight is don't miss the double. Don't miss the double. It's not just a message for you to start January with and you get your January goals and say, hey, I'm glad it's January. It's March. And what happens is we kind of forget the word for the year that we're supposed to concentrate on by March. But I'm here to tell you, don't miss the double. Say, don't miss the double. Go ahead, put it in the chat. Let's say it again. Say, don't miss the double. Let's look at Genesis 20, 21, verse 15. Let's go back to Hagar and Ishmael for a second, because Ishmael gets really a bad rap in the Bible. That's how we talk about him, talk about Ishmael situations. Yes, it was an Ishmael situation. It wasn't what God planned, but it wasn't Ishmael's fault. And some of you identify with Ishmael. You're like, you're in a situation that wasn't your fault, that's not your fault, but now it's your fight. And so you're in this situation going, what am I going to do? But remember what the name Ishmael means. God hears. So even if you're in an Ishmael situation, remember, God hears. Genesis 21, starting with verse 15, when the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush, then went and sat down by herself about 100 yards away, saying, I don't want to watch the boy die, she said as she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying. Who did he hear? Ishmael. He heard Ishmael. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make him a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer. Notice God heard Ishmael. God sent an angel. God opened Hagar's eye. And God was with Ishmael. God has seen you. God has heard you. God has sent his angels. And God is with you tonight. And tonight, God wants to open your eyes so that you don't miss the double. Notice he had to open Hagar's eyes. And some of you, if your eyes don't open, you'll miss the double. And you'll leave that word just as a source of inspiration instead of prophetic declaration. 
Go with me to Psalm 65, verse 11. I'm going to read this one from the King James. Psalm 65, verse 11, verse 12. Say, don't miss the double. Psalm 65, starting with verse 11. It says, you crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The word crown means to surround. So he's saying you surround the year with goodness. But this word goodness, let me give you a definition for it. The word goodness means prosperity, good things, property, supply, provision, good in the wise sense of the word, and good to the farthest extreme. This word goodness means prosperity, good things, property, supply, provision, good in the widest sense of the word, and good to the farthest extreme. So this verse says that God surrounds your year with prosperity, good things, property, supply, provision, good in the widest sense of the word, and good to the farthest extreme. Notice what it says next. It's your path drop fatness. This word path means tracks. Your tracks. If someone has tracks, that means they went ahead of you and left tracks for you to follow. Another translation says it this way, the tracks made by your carts overflow with riches. Another translation says your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. Another translation says your footsteps, your footsteps drop prosperity behind them. Another translation says your carts overflow with abundance. So picture this, our cart wagon going down an old ancient path. And as it goes down the path, because it's so heavy loaded with stuff, it hits a bump and something falls out. It hits another bump and something falls out. But it's so much, they don't notice because it's this abundance flowing down the path. Picture that in your mind. So what is this picture painting? That God left prosperity and abundance on the path he called you to take. If God has called you down the path you're on, there is prosperity there for you. There's abundance there for you because his tracks went ahead of you and left it on your path. Another picture this word is painting here when he talk about drops, that the word for drop paints the picture of droplets of water like dew. In certain conditions, fog or water vapor can leave water droplets. The fog of God has passed over your path, leaving droplets of abundance and prosperity. Now, I want to let you know this wasn't a small amount of fog with a small amount of droplets. Because notice what it says in the next verse. It says, they drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The word wilderness means desert or uninhabited land. Your path is dripping with so much of God's abundance, it makes the desert and wilderness produce. So what's on your path is more than enough for you. So if your path takes you through an area that you will call a wilderness, a dry season, or just straight up someplace you don't want to be, what's on your path is more than enough to handle your surroundings. Sometimes there are paths that take us to places like, well, God, I don't want to even be in this place. Why am I here? And then you realize, it wasn't about you. It was about where that path would take you. 
Because sometimes we always focus on going through the valley of the shadow of death. Right? It's like, oh, we're in the valley. We're in the valley. We're in the valley. We're coming out of the valley. But don't just come out of the valley. Bring someone with you. There's more than enough on your path to transform the wilderness that may be around you. That double that God prophesied to you about at the beginning of this year is on your path. So this is not a time to find a new path. Because if you want the double, you have to walk the path that God has for you, not somebody else's path. See, it's horrible because you were born on original, but you die a copy. That's horrible. God has a path for you. God has a plan for you. It's custom made. It's tailor made. Why would you trade in the tailor made for what's on the rack that anybody else can get? God has a path for you. But what happens when we try to operate on someone else's path? Or let's say it this way, somebody else's word. Like God told this person to do it. He said, well, I'm going to do it. Well, God didn't tell you to do it, did he? No, but I don't want to pray, so I won't get operate on their word. And then you get mad because it works for them and it doesn't work for you. And see, sometimes it can get really dangerous because think about this, going back to the example of the Israelites and the Egyptians. God said to Pharaoh, let my people go, right? So God's word to the Egyptians were, let my people go. And God's word to Israel, you see, when Moses told them to cross the Red Sea was go, right? What happened when God's people operated on their word? The waters parted. But what happened when somebody tried to operate on the wrong word? The waters crashed and washed away the Egyptians. Are there some things floating in the Red Sea of life because you're not operating on the word God gave you? That you're trying to get on another path? Could it just be some of the things you're dealing with right now is because you're on the wrong path? That you're doing what you're not supposed to do? See, in these times, we have to make sure we're walking down the path God has for us. Because the path he has for us will produce, not just for you, your four no more, but it will produce for everybody you come in contact with. See, it says it this way in Isaiah 51, verse 3. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. What God has in store for you, what he has placed within you, what he has placed upon you, and what he's placed on your path is more than enough for you. We've just come through a difficult time, not just as a nation, but as a world. And the world is looking for something to do. It's looking how do we cope with what we've been through. It's time for them to look to the body of Christ who realizes that I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to bring those who are far from God to God. I'm here to change someone else's life. That this message of faith is not just so I can get my needs met, but it's to transform a community. That what God has put in me, what God has put on me, what God has put on my path is more than enough to change things. So we don't have to look to the government for an answer, but they look to the church because we stood up and said, we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and we are in charge. 
We have to manifest what God has put in us, what he's put on us, what he's put on our path. That means we have to do what he's called us to do. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to quit. It's the time to press. How many of you have seen that meme of the two people digging underground and one gives up and one, and they were just an inch from this mother load of diamonds. How close are you to the breakthrough you've been believing for? See, a lot of times right before you break through, Satan throws out everything in the kitchen to stop you. So you can't be distracted by the drama. Because drama is one of Satan's favorite tactics to stop the work from working in your life. The King James calls it affliction and persecution. We call it drama. Don't be distracted by the drama. Getting caught up in the drama is not worth missing the devil. And don't get caught up in someone else's drama. You lose your peace because they posted something crazy on social media. Uh Uh-uh, don't do that. It ain't worth your peace. And it ain't worth your double. What God has for you is for you. And so when someone else gets blessed, you should celebrate with them. Well, I'm so glad God blessed you. I know he's not, he didn't run out. It'd be one thing if God ran out and says, I got to wait another five years. I get you. I got you. I got you, man. I got you. You know, there's some people say, I got you. They never got you. As soon as they get out of your presence, you'll never see them again. God is not that type of person. God's got you. And so if he blesses somebody else, you should rejoice with them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Because you know that if he's got them, he's got you. And what happens when you begin to do that, what's on them begins to rub off on you. You need to remember that God sees you, that God has heard you, and that he's put double on your path. He is the almighty God. The Hebrew is El Shaddai. He's the God who is more than enough. So there's no way we can tap out of the supply. Heaven is not having a global supply chain issue. This world is. You can order something. It might should have taken two weeks, but well, three months we'll hear a report about where it is. Heaven's not having that issue. God knows how to get to you what's for you. He knows where to deliver it. And he'll deliver it to your path. But if you go on your own path... Well, I guess this prosperity stuff don't work. No, you ain't on your path. So how long do I stay on my path until you arrive at the throne of God? If you want to get the best out of this life, you must stay on the path God has for you until you arrive at God's throne. That's how you get the best out of this life. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Say, it's on my path. Don't miss the double. Because the devil's on your path. Ephesians chapter 5, starting with verse 15. We'll look at King James this time. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So the word evil just means troublesome. And how many of you can agree we're in some troublesome times? We are in some troublesome times before 2020, but ooh, look. We could have said we were in trouble sometimes before the news of the last week and a half. 
So what are your instructions to do in troublesome times? Walk circumspectly, which means pay attention to your path. If you're going to walk circumspectly, that means you're paying attention to where you're walking. You're paying attention to where you're going. You're looking. You're not just going along with everything because everything's going along. You're actually aware. In verse 16, the other part of our instruction means redeem the time because the days are evil. Well, what does it mean to redeem the time? It's such an interesting phrase. But that phrase, when it translates it, means to make the most out of every opportunity. The phrase redeem the time means to make the most out of every opportunity. It's also translated to buy up all opportunities like a wise buyer looking for a deal in a marketplace. And so we have certain times of year. You know, it used to be Black Friday, but now sometimes it's just Amazon Day. That we're looking forward to Amazon Day because who knows what price is about to drop. And we're looking for the best deal in those 48 hours. We're looking for the deal. How many like to look for deals? You want the best deal, right? You don't want to overpay for something you don't have to pay for, right? And the same way you will look for the best deal, you're instructed by the Scripture in troublesome times to look for the opportunities God brings your way, which means he's always bringing opportunities your way. But sometimes we miss out on opportunities because they're dressed up and they look like work. Like, God, no, can you just drop? the million in my lap. Can Bitcoin just go back up? Or any of the other altcoins, anything, one of the coins, Jesus, let me buy it at 10 cents and let it go to a billion, I'll be good. And we would love to receive it that way. I'm not hating on that. If that works, it works. Glory to Jesus. But sometimes we miss out on stuff because we don't want to do the work. And the thing is, work is not a bad word. I know it's a four-letter word, but it's not a bad word. (laughs) Because the Bible says God will bless the work of your hands. Say, my hands are blessed. blessed. And so you have to have that mindset that when you go to work, when you do anything, your hands are blessed. There's prosperity on your path. You have to change your expectation. Because so many of us expect bad things. You heard things like bad things come in threes. Oh, that was two. Where's the third one? Come on, let's get it over with. Knock me out. Go ahead. No, we need to change it and start having an expectation like something good is going to happen to me today. I expect miracles. I'm looking for my breakthrough. I'm looking for my harvest. I'm looking for my miracle. I'm looking for what God promised me. I'm actively looking. I'm walking circumspectly. I'm paying attention to my path. Because God has a million and one ways to get to you what he needs to get to you. So you don't have to figure out the way he's going to do it. You just got to walk your path and do what he's called you to do and stay consistent. Because the power is in consistency. Or you want a Bible word for that? Be faithful. Stick with it. God knows how to reward his people. There's an old phrase that says, God doesn't pay up every every other Friday, but when he pays up, he pays up big. So you have to stick with it because it's on your path. Say, it's on my path. Now, some of you may be saying, well, I'm too tired. I'm too worn out. I don't 
have the strength, the wherewithal, the energy to go after the devil. Pastor, you don't understand. It's been rough. It was not just rough since 2020. It's been rough for a long time now. I just can't. I can't try for a new opportunity. I've been through too much. I've been hurt too much. I've been let down too much. Things haven't worked out. You don't know what I've been through. I may not know the details of what you've been through, but I do know that God sees you. God hears you, and he's put some wonderful things on your path. And for those of you who say, I don't have the strength, go with me to Matthew chapter 11. For this is why I was sent. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Read from the New Living Translation. It says, then Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The message version says it this way. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, in the past, animals were yoked together for the purpose of the work that had to be done. Animals were yoked together with the expectation of production and harvest. You didn't just yoke two, two animals together and say, oh, that's just cute. Let's put it on Instagram. Animals were yoked together so that they could work and produce a harvest. And Jesus says, take my yoke. Didn't he say that? He said, take my yoke. Can you come help me real quick? So look what Jesus is inviting you to. Because when you're yoked together, you're not far apart. You're right next to each other. And Jesus says, work with me. That means I'm with you, right? Then he said, watch how I do it. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, sometimes we're tired because we're doing things our own way. And we're not watching how Jesus is doing it. But you have the opportunity as a believer to walk right next to Jesus, and any time you don't know what to do, you can look at him, and he'll show you what to do. So sometimes we miss out on what God has for us because we keep trying to do what we did in the past. And sometimes why we don't go into the future is because the past worked. Thank you, sir. Sometimes we don't move into the future because the past worked, and it's what we're comfortable with. It's our comfort zone. But God has not called you to live in a comfort zone because he's given you a comforter. So he will lead you out of places that you're not comfortable with. But he's with you. And he says, watch how I do it. Don't miss out on your future because you keep doing what was in the past. Even if it worked. See, I said this to my staff for years and I began to say it to my congregation. I said, we will not be blockbuster in the age of Netflix. And I kept saying it again and again and again and again, and I still say it. Because one of the things why Blockbuster missed the opportunity to buy Netflix is they said, but we've always done it this way. 
And that's the last words of any organization, business, or anything. How many of us in our individual lives say, well, this is what I've always done. This is what I was taught in school. This is what my family did, and I'm just going to keep doing it. That industry is going to come back. How many of us learned that some of those industries don't always come back? And if we count on that for our life, and that doesn't come back, then we're miserable for the rest of our lives. But what if, what if, what if, what if, what if Jesus had something better for us? He had something new for us. He had a new way to do it. So, well, I can't go back to school. Did he tell you to go back to school? No. Then why are you trying to go back to school? What did he tell you to do? And if you watch him, if you look to him every single day, he'll show you what to do. I remember a couple years ago, I was walking in my house getting ready, and a scripture from Psalm 119 rose up in my heart. And it says, the entrance of his word gives light. The entrance, the unfolding of his word gives light. So it came out of my mouth and said, so I'm innovative and I always know what to do. So that's what I began to say every day. The unfolding, the entrance of his word gives light. So that means every time I open the word to read it or I sit under the word to hear it taught and hear it preach, I will be innovative. I'll be creative. I'll know what to do. The church should be the most innovative organization, institution on the planet. We should lead the way in creativity. We should lead the way in music. We should lead the way in arts. We should lead the way in business. We should lead the way in every sector of society because we're the church of the living God. But we have to look to the plan within us, to the greater one who lives on the inside of us so we know what to do. That's how we'll know how to maneuver in these times. Because everybody has guesses. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? I'm so glad you said he's given us somebody who lives in us who will show us things to come. See, a lot of us have lived by guessing. And as long as we guess right, it's good. But when you read the Gospels, I encourage you, read through all the Gospels. Jesus never guessed. Did you ever see in the Gospels, you said, well, I guess. <laughs> Peter says, well, what should we do? Well, I guess we should feed people. <laughs> oh, oh, man, the, I, I guess. I, I, no. And Jesus is our example, right? So that means if he could be led in such a way that he didn't have to guess, so can you. He said, watch how I do it. Meaning he is willing to teach you. He's willing to show you. He's willing to guide you. He's willing to help you. And not just in spiritual things. Because, oh, yes, God will guide me when I come to church. When I open the Bible, he will tell me what to do. Yes. But I'll tell you what to do when you're just living life. Because you can't be in church 24-7. It's impossible for Pastor Andre to preach 24-7. That's impossible. You can't do that. Say, oh, I'd hear so much for God if he could do that. Yeah, but that's not what he's supposed to do. You're supposed to take what he tells you on Sunday and do it. I know it's novel. I know it's novel. But a lot of us miss out on what God has for us because we don't put ourselves in the place where God has us be. There are times that people are praying for a word. God, tell me what to do. God, tell me what to do. God, tell me what to do. And they don't go to church. And that Sunday, that's what the pastor's preaching on. He may make it a 12-week series and you pray, oh, God, tell me what to do. And he's been preaching it for months. 
God is not hiding stuff from you. We've made some things too deep. We just got to do what we know to do and follow his leading so we walk down the path he has for us. And don't let the devil lie to you to tell you that you're forgotten because you're not. He's heard you. He's seen you. That's why he had your pastor preach double to you. Because what comes in the double makes up for everything you've been through. So that means when you come to church, you got to expect to hear from God. You don't just come to church like, oh, my spiritual checklist. I photo see Jesus. I was here. No, you come expecting to hear from God. You come with an attitude, God is going to talk to me today. He may not talk to anyone else. I know he's going to talk to me. And then you have such expectation that God's going to meet you there. You bring somebody with you. Because if God can meet me, he'll meet them. And people's like, well, when are you going to stop inviting me to church when you come? Come one time. I'll stop bugging you. Until then, it's on and popping. But that shows your expectation. That you actually stay in the Word every day because you expect to get something from God. You heard Pastor Andre quote this already earlier. For those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. How hungry are you? Because in the natural, if you're hungry enough, you will rearrange your day to eat. Depending on how hungry you are. If you just want a snack, you'll stop and get a snack. But if you're really hungry, you'll prepare whatever you need to prepare so that you are satisfied or you are filled. How hungry are you for the future that God has for you? Because hunger will set your priorities. Hunger will make sure that you're here at church. Hunger will make sure that you open up your Bible. Hunger will make sure that you pray. Hunger will make sure that you're pushing forward to the things God has for you. How hungry are you for the future that God has for you? Or you just can go along with the world and say, well, we'll see what happens. No. God has a wonderful future for you. But will you be bold enough to press into that future? Let me say this as I begin to close. This time for double is not a time for decrease of productivity. It's a time for increased effectiveness. But this will not come about by you doing what you've done in the past. To receive the double, you're going to have to live the way God has called you to live. You're going to have to work the way he tells you to work. In both examples in Genesis and Exodus, God visited the individuals. He came down to where they are. And I'll tell you this, even though you may not see him, your Jesus has come before you today. And he's standing before you today. You say, well, what does he want? An offering. I'm not talking about of your gold and silver. I'm not talking about your talents and abilities. He's come for your cares. He's come for your worry. He's come for your anxiety. He's come for that fear that's been crippling you, that's keeping you from going to your future. He's come for those things that you were never supposed to carry in the first place. He says, cast all your care upon me because I care for you. Some of you can't go into the future because you're carrying some things you were never designed to carry. That's why worry breaks down a physical body because we weren't supposed to carry it. 
So what worry, fear, anxiety, and care have you been carrying? What has been keeping you up at night? What's been robbing you of sleep? Those things that you're holding on to, no matter how long you've held on to it, will keep you from going into the future God has for you. And it will cause you to miss the double that God has put on your path. You'll walk right by it. Because you're filled with caring and worry and anxiety. You're carrying care. Loads, burdens, weights that you're not supposed to carry. But if you dare today to cast those weights upon Jesus, to give him your care, your worry, your anxiety, your fear, the things that have been holding you back, the sin that so easily besets, the thing that makes you terrified to go into the future God has for you, if you dare to give him those things, he will give you rest tonight. He'll give you refreshing tonight. He'll cause such refreshing to move upon you that you'll go, I feel energized again. I can go after my future again. You'll be like Caleb right when he was in the promised land. His future was delayed for 40 years because of other people's foolishness. But then he testified. He says, I'm 85, but I still feel like I'm 45 because God has kept me. God has preserved me. Then he said, give me this mountain. Now that mountain had fenced cities inhabited by giants. It was a place that was supposedly too hard for Israel to get. But now this 85-year-old man says, I want that. And guess what? He took that. If God could keep him and preserve him and energize him, why can't he do the same for you? And I believe right now, as we begin to shift to close, that if you dare to toss your anxiety at the feet of Jesus, your worry and your fear at the feet of Jesus, you'll receive a rest from him. Stand to your feet. Glory to the name. Glory to the name. Glory to the name forevermore. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Mm. We give you the glory. So with every eye closed, search your heart right now. Is there some fear, worry, anxiety, care that you need to let go? Make that decision to let it go right now. Give it to Jesus. Give it to him, let it go. Some of you have been holding on to these things for a long time. Whether you're in this room or whether you're online or watching replay under the sound of my voice, let it go. Let go of the fear. Let go of the anxiety. Let go of the worry. Some of you are worried about things that happened to you a long time ago and you're worried that it could happen to you again or happen to your children. You have to let that worry go. You have to let God heal your heart from that. You have to let God restore you from that. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus forevermore. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of your people. Thank you for opening eyes and showing us the double that's on our path. you come and do that it's not everybody but if that's you and that's where you release your faith you come and do that leave it at the altar that worry that care that anxiety that fear it's time for you to go into the future that God has for you it's time for you to walk into the future that God has for you but not doing what you used to do but doing it the way that he shows you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Backs are being healed right now. Who had that issue in their back? Begin to do what you couldn't do. Begin to do what you couldn't do, whether you need to twist or touch your toes. Begin to do what you couldn't do. And you see he's healed you just because he loves you. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. How you doing back there? Feels better? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. side of your face. Who is that? Is that pain or some type of issue or tension on the side of your face? Whoever that is, he's healing you right now. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. breath and let it back out and watch what he did for your lungs. <laughs> 
every head bowed, everybody closed in prayer. I'm going to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He loves you. He really does. But I want you to know there is a heaven and there is a hell. Good things don't get you into heaven and bad things don't send you to hell. There's only one thing that sends people to hell that's rejecting Jesus. And not making a decision for him is the same as rejecting him. There's only one thing that gets you into heaven. That's receiving Jesus, making the decision to make him Lord of your life, following after him. If you're in this place, you never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You haven't made heaven your home, but you want to. Lift your hand high where I can see it. I'll pray with and for you. You'll be saved tonight. Heaven will be your home. Or you might say, well, I'm saved, but I haven't been living like it. I've been doing my own thing, going my own way. I left the path that God had for me. But if he'll take me back, I'm willing to do this Christian thing right. I'm willing to walk the path he has for me. Will he take me back? Yes, a thousand times yes. First John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you need to, some people call it rededicate your life. Some people call it recommit your life. I simply say, come back home to God. He'll receive you with wide open arms. If you need to come back home to God tonight, lift your hand high where I can see it. I want to pray with and for you. Oh, praise God. Let's lead those who are watching online to Jesus. There could be someone making that decision online at home, and we want to lead them to the throne of God. So if you're watching online and you come back home to God, just ask God to forgive you, and he will. But if you're a person who's making Jesus the Lord of your life, you're praying this prayer for the first time, I want you to repeat this prayer after me and mean it from the bottom of your heart. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that on the third day, God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. who has any type of ailment or issue or sickness, disease or pain or infirmity we didn't call out, whether you're in this room or at home, be healed right now in the name of Jesus. May the power of God flow in your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Deliver you from every sickness, every disease, every pain, every infirmity, every spirit of infirmity, every virus, every variant. May you be healed, made whole, made immune, and restored by the power of God. Who's that you can't sleep at night? You can't sleep at night. Who is that? If you're here, come here. You said, I can't sleep at night. Something's keeping you up. Who is that? Come here. May I pray for you? I loose you from it now in Jesus' name. Sweet sleep belongs to you.
May the rest that is promised you in Psalms and Proverbs become your reality. And may you have the best sleep of your life on a regular basis. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, there it is right there. In Jesus' name. The mighty name of Jesus. The name that's above every name. 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 That name, that name, that name. That name, that name, that name. That name, 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 that precious, powerful name, that precious, powerful name, the name of Jesus. I release you from experience what God has for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wow, what is that, Jesus? See, come on. The only word I have is you're being tormented by it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's your past or just something from the darkness. What you're saying, it's tormenting me and I want it to stop now. I don't know what that, what that is, but if that's you, come here right now. You know what it is, I don't. If that's you, come forward now. This is the day of your deliverance. I don't know what it is, but if I ask you come forward, it's just gnawing at you consistently. I'll give you a moment, and I'm gonna hand it over. There's something gnawing at you, it's tormenting you. Tonight you'll be loosed and let go. Yeah. And the authority of Jesus, whose I am, who I serve. I loose you. I loose you. to come up. I know people are being delivered online. You receive that healing deliverance right now, but there's someone else in this room. Don't miss this moment. This is the moment you've been praying for. It's the moment you've been praying for. Come on. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. The Bible says healing and deliverance are the children's bread. Freedom belongs to you. Freedom belongs to you. Freedom belongs to you. Freedom belongs to you in the name of Jesus. Freedom belongs to you. Freedom belongs to you in the name of Jesus. The name that's above every name. That name. It's in that name. In the name of Jesus. Be free. In the name of Jesus. That name. That name. That name. That wonderful name.
being healed right now. Jesus. you're a business owner in this room, just wave at me. Oh, wow, that's why I keep wrestling with it. Gosh. Um, how do you want me to do this? I believe that if I pray for them, I can either put my hands on their hands or speak over them. They're going to make more money than they had before. How would you like me to do it, sir? Lift your hands, business owners. In the name of Jesus, whose I am, whose I serve, I bless you right now. May the blessing of God flow through your hands through the entirety of your being. May you become creative in ways you were never created before. May you become innovative in ways you never innovated before. May the favor of God surround you as a shield. And may when you step forward, yeah, you can create jobs. Yeah, you can create good paying jobs with benefits. You're going to shift communities with that blessing that's in your hands. Increase finds you now. Increase come your way. Products I call floors of products sold in Jesus' name. May you receive wisdom and understanding on what to do and how to go forward and what to go, where to go. Angels go forth and assist them in the name of Jesus. Live on an open heaven. And watch the goodness of God chase you down. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I love you all. God bless you. It was an honor to be with you tonight. Pastor. Thank you for listening to that message. Make sure you put into practice what you heard today. Don't just be a hearer, but be a doer of the word. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. I love you so much. I'll see you next time on Faith of the Morning. God bless.